Hey everybody, it's Greg. We're going to be doing something a little different with this episode. It is a crossover with my other podcast, 1995, the podcast, which I do with my wife, Karen, where we watch movies from 1995 and talk about it. We're going to use that same format, although it won't be a movie from 1995, and Andrew will be joining us, and Andrew's wife, Shay, will be joining us to watch the 2014 movie, Let's Be Cops. We've talked about it a little bit before on 1995 and on Reality Alternative, and because we're all quarantined and, and losing our minds, that's what we're going to do. So we watched the movie, and now we're going to hear the theme song to 1995, and it's going to be that. So enjoy, everybody. <laughs> Welcome back to 1995, the podcast. I am Karen, here, as always, with my husband and co-host, Greg. Oh, hello. Greg, now, okay, I'll, I will start. Based on the news of the coronavirus, which I'm sure you really don't want to hear about anymore, I realized that we needed to do something fun. And I think that a lot of our 95 movies right now are kind of like, you know, I don't really want to watch Apollo 13 when all this is happening in the world, but I also don't want to watch Slam Dunk Ernest. So I figured now would be the time for my dream creation to finally take place. And that is Let's Be Talking About Let's Be Cops, a podcast collaboration with Reality Alternative to talk about the movie Let's Be Cops. Now, unfortunately, Greg is not happy about this movie, but he's doing it for the greater good, right? I don't, I don't believe that what we're about to do can be described as for the greater good. It's got Jake Johnson in it. That doesn't matter. I personally think that this movie is a little underrated. Is it the best comedy of all time? Of course not. But I do think that in time, it's going to kind of pick up some more indie cred, probably because it airs on FXX like twice a week. Unfortunately, we missed those showings, so we will be renting the movie while we watch it. Now, Greg and I are going to watch it together, and then we're going to collaborate with some dear friends to talk about the movie. I am really excited. Greg, not so much. Mm. Now, fans, this really was a struggle to get Greg to even do this. This has been months in the making. And it, does he just not like fun? Possibly. Is he jealous of Jake Johnson? Probably. While he was a fan of New Girl, somewhat, as in he watched it with me on occasion, I never thought that, you know, he had those feelings of hatred before towards two of the show's stars who happen to be in Let's Be Cops. So first of all, that's slanderous. Okay. I have, I don't have anything particularly against the stars of this movie. I just think this is a bad movie. For the record, you have not watched it in its entirety, correct? Uh, no, I haven't, but I've seen big chunks of it, and I don't know how those big chunks could be a part of a good movie, unless those are like chunks of a movie within a movie about bad movies. Well, I just think that your opinion would be valid had you have seen the whole movie, which you will tonight. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. I reserve my right to walk away from this. That's true. Um, I think that's a rule for our podcast. We can at any time if we get uncomfortable walk away from it. However, the podcast wouldn't be as good, I think, if you only were able to talk about half of Let's Be Cops. Now, again, Greg, I want to thank you for this. This has been a fun little dream project of mine, again, for months. 
And it does take away from our format a little bit, but any time that we can also chat with Andrew from Reality Alternative, the better. I think that, you know, we, we have a nice uh, discourse going whenever our podcasts collide. So sh- should we should we talk about the movie a little bit? Because I don't think I don't think Let's Be Cops is as much of a cultural touchstone <laughs> as you think it might be. Again, it airs a lot on television. Uh, um, so Let's Be Cops is, uh, as a brief summary, it is the three amigos, but there's two of them and it's bad. Okay, that's not true. The premise of Let's Be Cops is it's two friends who've known each other for a long time and they've kind of peaked a little bit. And then I think Damon Waynes works for a video game company. And to kind of promote the company, he actually has police outfits in for his presentation. And then um, Jake Johnson is like, yeah, it'd be funny. We have a costume party to dress up, you know, with these. And it turns out that they were mistaken, but then people actually thought that they were cops and they liked the feeling of power, especially Jake Johnson. And then they end up doing real cop stuff. Yes. So, so have you seen The like Three Amigos? Cops. I haven't. Okay. The Three Amigos is three actors played by Chevy Chase, Steve Martin, and Martin Short, who play on television or in the movies. They play like gunslinging heroes in the old west and then they go to mexico and get mistaken for real gunslinging heroes and end up doing real gunslinging hero stuff and saving the town from banditos well that movie was a classic well i myself have never seen it i am fully aware of it which means that if there was a movie that kind of took on that formula it could be successful, correct? Well, I mean, if you've got comedic geniuses who can match the chemistry and timing of Chevy Chase, Steve Martin, and Martin Short, theoretically, and also if the movie was produced at a time when, I don't know, the idea of grossly incompetent cops running around with guns killing people um, was like a funny thing and not uh, something that happens all the time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe. But let's see. Wait, do, you, do you think that, that the two of them are just shooting random people? Do like, they shoot anyone? Um, Not for most of the film. <laughs> but they do shoot people, right? Uh, near the very end, I believe. And they're not real cops. They're not. So they just see some bad guys who they think might be bad guys. No, no. And oh, then murder right, them. They, they no, that does not happen at all. You really need to watch this movie. I'm glad we're seeing it tonight. To so what kind of cop stuff do they do? Like parking tickets and paperwork? Pretty much. Not paperwork. Pretty sure they shoot bad guys in this movie. Near the end. <laughs> okay. And then a song, A Band of Horses, came, comes on, Funeral, and it all like really ties in, and it's really a, a big scene of the movie, and you're gonna see it, and you're gonna think it's okay. This movie about untrained civilians impersonating police officers, which is... A crime. Oh, it's definitely a crime. <laughs> no, and, and they're fully aware that it's a crime. Like that's they're 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 aware in the whole movie that what they're doing isn't good. Hey, at any point do they like use the fact that they're mistaken f- as for police officers as a way to like pick up chicks? A little bit. Yes. Okay. Nothing weird about that. Nothing problematic about that at all. When was this movie made? Um, I want to say offhand. I, I I did not do any research. Nineteen seventy eight. No. Okay. Wait, I'm gonna look it up right Before now. Before or after nineteen seventy eight? After. Too late. Okay. The movie came out in 2014. Uh-huh. Seems like only yesterday. I would have mm. actually guessed like 2016 mm. between you and me. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, listeners, I also want to say something where when I was trying to get Greg to watch this movie and he finally broke down, he said, I'm not going to be nice about it. I'm not. Yeah. 
So if you like podcast episodes where Greg yells about things, this is probably going to be a really good one. So we are going to watch it tonight and then see some of our friends and we'll talk about it. And you know what? Maybe this will be a situation where the two of you just gang up and tell me this movie sucks. That's possible. I don't know. I don't know, but I'm, I'm willing to figure it out and just kind of cross this off my bucket list of fantasy episodes. And I'm happy to finally be watching this with you. And I'm sure you will like it better than Empire Records and The Babysitter's Club. We'll see. We will see. And we are back from watching Let's Be Cops. And we are here with two dear friends of ours. Like I said, this is going to be a combination podcast between 1995 The Podcast and Reality Alternative. So who's Andrew and Shay. Hi, guys. Hi. We're thank here. you for thank you for joining us for this. I, I like to call it like you know the podcast event of April, right? Yeah, you know, the, the biggest podcast that Greg and I do in the month of April. So it's a big deal, obviously, <laughs> especially since we've been releasing like one podcast every two months. So <laughs> <laughs> well, that's how it goes. But I think right, it's probably now, the podcast event of like the decade, personally. But oh, thank you. At least I, the podcast of the quarantine. Yeah. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> we we have been talking about doing this for like a long time, like a year, I think, because it became a joke on 1995 the podcast. Because I've got a little bit of a crush on Jake Johnson. And Greg, and again, I say this, Greg would love. Oftentimes, I think that sometimes you judge things without seeing it all the way through, <laughs> such as this movie. But also, yeah, you have very strong opinions about Gilmore Girls, but you've never actually sat down and like watched the whole series. And so I just I wanted you to kind of see if maybe your thoughts would be different having seen Lesbian Cops in its entirety. But I think that they're not. I think that you <laughs> still hated this movie. <laughs> Oh, hate is a strong word. Can I can I just pause for one second before we let you get into it? <laughs> I did watch it with you. I you laughed three times, and there were like genuine laughs too. It wasn't just like a this is awkward chortle. It was like a, a laugh. So I just want to put that on the record. Okay, that's fair enough. Okay, I don't hate this movie. Like I, I I would say I hate a movie if I feel like the movie is like making America worse. Or like ruining things for people in the real world. I don't think this movie's doing that. I don't think enough people saw it for it to have any impact in the world. And I don't think this movie is inherently poisonous. But um, this is a bad movie. <laughs> okay. So why why would you say that this is a bad movie? And keep in mind too, this is meant to be a comedy movie, which usually aren't you know they're not taken as seriously as say an Apollo thirteen. I, look. <laughs> I have a lot to say about this movie, but I, I, I think that if if we just start with me just unburdening myself, we're all going to be here for a long time. So Andrew and Shay, I would like to hear your opinions on the movie. I'm sure. Yeah, because Greg's might take up a solid 20 minutes. Yeah. So uh, I went in with high hopes because I really like Jake Johnson and Damon Wayans because um, Shay and I are both New Girl fans. Oh, and good. You know his name. I was going to call him Coach. Coach, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, and so I figured that those two work well together. They've got good chemistry. I haven't seen something with Jake Johnson in that I haven't liked so far. So I was like, okay, this should be fun. Like the premise, I was kind of thinking, oh, they're going to go for like maybe a hot fuzz kind of thing where it's kind of parodying buddy cop movies. That could be fun. I thought that might be difficult for Shay because so Shay probably hasn't watched a buddy cop movie ever so but that really wasn't the case and uh, for me this movie is just okay 
<laughs> it's actually like kind of just unremarkable more than more or less i don't hate it i don't love it there are some funny parts for sure there are some cringy parts oh boy for sure <laughs> okay uh, so what's your example of a cringy part like any scene that key is in <laughs> Ooh, yeah <laughs> that was a little racist and weird but like they tried I, to tiptoe around it by like pointing it out that yeah. like some of the things were a little like they shouldn't be said I was getting ready to to like fast forward through scenes with him in it after I realized like, oh, no, that's key, which means this guy's going to be a character, <laughs> which means I'm going to have to see a lot of this guy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yes and no. He was in like the, the big scene where he gets kidnapped and then he disappears at the very end. Right. So. But it, it, it wasn't just like what I thought we were going to get because I didn't realize that that was key at first i thought it was going to be oh they're going to do a little interrogation scene and that's going to take like 90 seconds and then we're going to be you know off to the next stage of the investigation but instead it was like oh no this is a new character and this is a bit and then we spent i think three hours (laughs) with that character no no (laughs) that's what it felt like Uh, ah i i did kind of i like the fact that like they kind of bonded but i also thought it was very strange because as Keith's character even said like oh about three people get killed during every party and he was very casual about it and obviously he was like in the in the group and in the gang for some time so for him to kind of just like immediately seem to warm up to uh ryan and justin was a little strange to me and that's like kind of one of my big problems with this movie is just like the wildly inconsistent tone because at times this movie wants to be like oh these are real gangsters and you know these characters are in real trouble and there are real cops and real consequences and then the movie just like goes to another scene where it's like oh no this is like this is just like a big sketch comedy bit where you know you've got this crazy poopa character and oh boy he says crazy stuff oh boy oh and now we put damon wayans in a wig what a wacky time like and then it just it, and it goes back and forth between those things so much and so like incompetently that it's annoying. Uh, that's funny you said that, Greg, because on my notes about halfway through is a note that says the tone of this movie is all over the place. <laughs> and that's honestly, I agree. The biggest failing is like I couldn't tell like what. There were scenes that were funny and then scenes that kind of felt they're supposed to be serious that didn't land. And then, like you said, there's con- there's no there doesn't be any consequences, but they're trying to imply that there is. And they're kind of trying to be a comedy, but they're trying to kind of jerk back over the median to be sort of like you're supposed to be trying to care about these people. And it kind of bounced back and forth between sort of like a semi absurdist tone back to just like, oh, if this is real business. And I don't know, I, I just felt that was like confusing and culminated in an ending that I thought was just like the last like the ending of like the climax was fine, but the post climax falling action was like really lame. Yeah. Yeah. Shay, what, uh, what did you think of it? Because Andrew says, OK, Greg says bad, but not offensive. And I, I have a my heart is warm to it. Again, I'm not saying it's the best movie of all time, but I think it's better than people might assume. I mean, the first, I think maybe like 20 minutes in, I said to Andrew, why does Greg hate this movie? It's so, (laughs) it's so funny. And, um, I did say to Andrew that I feel like I would have felt differently about it if it was two different actors being the stars, Mm -hmm. because we just kind of came in already liking them and it was funnier because it was them. Yes. Agreed. Um, Yeah. So that was a big part of it for me. But, uh, 
yeah, towards as it started moving in the direction where like the tone shifted, that's definitely the right phrase for it. Um, my my opinion shifted. <laughs> um, and I feel like the, the I would disagree with Greg that this is not leaving permanent damage to America <laughs> in some ways, because I felt so frustrated. I was like, if I or someone I knew was a cop or in some type of field like this, this would make me even more angry because it's just very belittling to make it seem like anyone can just like pick up a uniform and a gun and just do this job and have no consequences, especially in that whole scene where they're looking at, um, where Justin's looking at, oh, you can go to jail for this offense for this long for impersonating a cop. And then it was just like, well, nothing happens. And the no consequences kind of frustrates yeah, me. Even though you know that going in, that that's how it's going to be because it's a comedy. But And that's the other weird thing about this movie is that it can't make up its mind about, like, what is this movie's opinion on cops? Right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because on one hand, it kind of... You know, you've kind of got like, is Ryan? That's Jake Johnson's character's name? Yes. Ryan? I actually had to jot that down, like, as a note beforehand. <laughs> it's Ryan well, and Justin. I, I, right? I, I need to break in for one, one second here. This is something that's important because we all know that guy's name is Justin. Why? They say his name so many times in this movie. <laughs> I don't know why. And for some reason, it really stuck out to me. But, like, I just don't think people say their people's names that often. And It's Chang. Oh, I know, but maybe that's why they're trying to make the Chang. I, no, I don't know. It's like, but they just kept saying Justin, Justin, Justin. And A, the name just felt weird to me, like, in the context. I don't know if it just, like, doesn't seem like a Hollywood name. But they, if you just, like, go back and watch the movie, like, I couldn't remember Jake Johnson's character's name if you had asked me. But I knew for... It's like, O'Malley. Ryan O'Malley. Sorry. But just, like... <laughs> He was a football star. I just feel like they say Justin's name a disproportionate amount of time to like anybody yeah. else's name, which is really I noticed that weird. I'm just going to go back, though, to one point that I will say that, yes, it's true that there was no consequences. But I do like the fact that they kind of knew that this was a, like a dumb thing to do, like where at least Justin a couple times was like, we shouldn't be doing this. This isn't cool, blah, blah, blah. Like, so it wasn't just like, you know, like they just completely i don't know i felt like there's a little I, bit of well the, the conscience the, the, there okay. they just didn't follow it there's a lot i feel like there's a whole lot to talk about with like the whole just like the overall premise of an entire movie based around impersonating police officers for personal gain that's a <laughs> the whole thing but um i, I want to go back to the like movie can't make up its mind about cops because ryan like it seems like he really admires cops and wants to be a cop and the movie at times wants us to like respect cops and like the work they do but then the movie is also saying that shay to your point any drunken idiot can do this job if they just have the right equipment and oh by the way the lapd is so dumb and bumbling that they let somebody take away take surveillance equipment out of the precinct just be just just like without even like signing a piece of paper <laughs> like and that's really weird and the movie can't make up its mind about it and again it's like the movie can't make up its mind if it's trying to be realistic or totally absurd it can't make up its mind if cops are cool or dumb it can't make up its mind if ryan is like just a normal schlubby guy or like an absolute psychopath who's nearly running over pedestrians for a joke <laughs> Like it's this it's this movie has no idea what it wants to be. 
I think that, you know, in in all honesty, I think that there is a bias there because I think I I was a fan of New Girl for at least the first four seasons. Um, And obviously, I think that Nick Miller is one of the funniest characters. Like, it just... For some reason, I think that he's just a, a great character to have. So when I'm watching this, I'm not really watching Ryan or even Jake Johnson as much as I'm just seeing like Nick Miller getting in a crazy adventure. <laughs> it is so, very hard to separate that. In a way, it's kind of like a, like you know Nick and Coach made a movie. <laughs> but I think that you are right in which like if these were two any other actors, I don't think I would have liked it as much. I think a lot of it is just based on like the Nick Miller charm. I think that's what kind of like made me want to see the movie to begin with. Yeah, no. and I will say that I think. I think that Damon Wayne's character was a little underused and also like also kind of totally inconsistent. And that's kind of the route he plays in coach on new girl is like, he's kind of sometimes the straight man, but then also like has his own little wacky things. And they do a good job in that show of passing. Who's the straight man. I think, mm-hmm. um, in a way that I think modern comedies have gotten really good at. We think of like shows like Sonny or, uh, you know, Parks and Rec, like they're good at tossing who's the straight man in any given scene, as opposed to back in the day, like rest, even more recent things, but a little bit further back, like the office, the rest of development, like there is a straight man and they're always the straight man, more or less. Right. And I think that's something that's, that's good that they do, but I don't think they played as well in this movie. Well, yeah, cause there's a, and I feel like this movie, like, like 15 times, Justin goes back and forth about whether or not this whole impersonating cops thing is a good idea. Cause there are a couple times where like he, he's, he tries to like pull it back, but then in the next scene, all of a sudden he's like loving it again with no like transition. Mm-hmm. I, I I feel like there's probably actually like a lot of editing problems in here where they a lot was changed in editing and that might explain some of the like the inconsistencies of just like one minute he's totally on board and then the next minute he's totally not on board and then the next minute he's totally on board again and you don't really follow it. Mm-hmm. Well, um, I, I, I think, think a lot they, of that has to do with this friendship and I think that that's kind of an underlying tone throughout the whole thing where these two guys are roommates they've known each other for a long time and I think that putting on the uniform has instilled so much confidence in Ryan that I think that Justin wants to kind of be there for his friend but then you know maybe tries to bypass all of the negative things that could happen based on this yeah that's- but I think that in the context of they know that what they're doing is an incredibly serious federal crime Justin has he has more to lose like he's a guy with like a career that could go somewhere like it just doesn't make sense. And I'm not seeing that character journey. I'm not seeing him actually waffling. I'm just seeing what seem like scenes that are out of order. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I do think you, uh, Greg, when we were watching it, you noted that there was one scene where uh, Justin was in the office and he was talking to Ryan on Messenger. Yeah. And you noticed that his shirt changed. Yeah, there's a, there's a very clear continuity error um, early on when he's Googling the ways they can get in trouble, um, where there's a very clear, like just between shots his wardrobe changes and you can tell that the earlier shots come much later in the film but um see i originally thought that that was like for time like the show time has passed a little bit because eventually it's like obvious that they've been doing this for a couple weeks and that's and that's what i think one of the big problems with this movie is the whole premise and like it's so hard for like I think the viewers to like get on board with what's going on because it's so obviously a bad decision. Yeah. Over, and they've, and they have so many options, so many opportunities to abort and no real reason to stay in it until much later in the movie when, you know, the, the love interest is in danger that it's hard to get on board. And I think this movie could have been fixed if instead of this whole thing taking place over the course of like what feels like, like, 
three or four weeks. Basically, it all takes place in that first night where yeah. they're they're walking home from a costume party. They're a little drunk. They're feeling a little wild. So they play along a little bit and then things just keep escalating and escalating and escalating. But it's all happening more or less in real time um, where they get like pulled into like an actual like buddy cop movie scenario. But because it's happening all in one night, you don't have these opportunities where any reasonable human being would say no. I'm not doing this again. This is a crime. We're going to get murdered, you know? Yeah, I agree with you. Actually, that's exactly what I was feeling about it was because it was the exact same thing. Like, because the tone is so inconsistent, like they could have was when you're making a comedy, you kind of have to pick your tone and stick with it or pick a tone and then slowly change it into something else, a different kind of tone, which is okay too. But like when you think about, you know, some of Karen's favorite movies, like, Billy Madison, Happy Gilmore, um, <laughs> shade by FYI, uh, Karen does not like Adam Sandler. Um, no, you know, he's okay. Like, I think that, uh, you know, he's grown on me a little bit. He seems like a decent guy. But, like, when Billy Madison came out, I'm like, this is the stupidest movie in the but, whole world. But, right, like, since, those yeah. movies are, they're stupid. They're absurd. No one's, no one's, like, a rational actor in these movies. They're just, like, a rational person, I should say, agent. It's just, it's just absurdism, right? But... When you mix the two, these two areas so dramatically, it really gives you whiplash. And also, like Greg said, pulls you out of the movie. Like, I completely agree. I thought that's where the movie was going. Like, they're going to start acting like cops. They're going to get in a gunfight. They're going to end up in a hostage situation. They're going to have to do something that's going to just turn this, like, wild and crazy night or maybe a weekend or something. And they can't get off the roller coaster. And Right. It's basically the hangover. Right. Or... <laughs> Pineapple Express or one yeah. of these movies where like you just get in this way over your head and, and you should keep going like that's what I thought we were going for and it did not do that at all and I think it was a big mistake. I feel like their motivations for each of them like I think one of you were saying that earlier just there's not enough that makes it convincing for why they would go down this path. Mm -hmm. Like even for Justin who has a career, has a job and you kind of see it starts off with things not going great at the job, but the video game not being bought and all that. I was waiting to see something in his boss or his job be a lot worse. That was going to like push him out. And you were understanding why he wants to like get out of that and move into something else. And then that just didn't happen mm -hmm. and he ends up staying there and that didn't really make sense and then i feel like for brian's character you he has all this time he could do anything like for at, at one point i'm like why doesn't he just go to the police academy and become right. a cop <laughs> it's like, you're not doing anything like just go do that so i just didn't feel like their their backstory were Either one of them was convincing enough to make you, like, understand why they fell into this trap. And another way that I think, like, you could have built up Ryan a little bit more is if we're when we're introduced to him, like, he's he's a guy that really, really loves, like, buddy cop movies, right? So when all of a sudden now he starts to see his life turning into the movies he loves and that makes him want to, like, go deeper into the fantasy, um... That might be hewing a little close to Hot Fuzz, because mm -hmm. I think Nick Frost's character in Hot Fuzz is this small town cop who loves cop action movies and when his life turns into it, you know, um, that's kind of the thing. But then at least I feel like I feel a little bit more connection with like why he all of a sudden really, really wants to do this. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to disagree with you there, Greg. 
I think that it's not necessarily that he like was always in love with the idea of being a cop or anything like that. I just think that he was in such a low place. Like here he was, he was watching that footage at the party of him making this play. And that was probably like the last time that as a character, he was respected. Like his life kind of went downhill after that. And he heard, heard all of his old classmates just talking about him saying like, what happened? So he was at his lowest point at the party and then right after the party as they're walking all of a sudden he gets a lot of respect just for wearing the uniform so i think it was just like he realized that having a uniform and like being in a place of power i think that that's what he liked like just having like being not necessarily just a cop but like somebody that people respected to shay's point the the movie needs to do more to make me understand why he doesn't just say oh you know that actually i kind of like that so maybe i'm just going to go join the police academy yeah, no, that would have been the right. Like, way like actually, things. right. Definitely. Like, there's a there's a rational choice here that is blatantly obvious. Why isn't he taking it? Like, that's a problem. He also you know? didn't seem that sad. Like, in the whole before they get to the party, the whole all the scenes leading up to that, he's pretty happy with his life. Justin has some reservations about his job, and you can tell he's kind of unsure about that. Not feeling super successful. I'm going to move back to Ohio. But Ryan's just kind of like, why? Like, things are going great. I had that one commercial. Yeah. So it's not very convincing. Like, all of a sudden he gets to the party and now he feels bad about himself. I didn't really, I wasn't convinced by that. I kind of thought that it was just like he was in his little bubble. And then when he realized that these people who used to respect him actually do think that he's a loser. I think that's when he kind of realized, like, you know, the truth kind of came out. Yeah. Yeah. So. I I think I see it on paper, but I didn't feel it in the movie. Really? I think it's like I needed a little bit more throughout the movie and also in this particular scenes, like more from them individually. You know, I don't want to beat a dead horse on some of those ideas or get too melodramatic, but just, you know, some some conflict and some, you know, not internal dialogue, but the at like the appearance of internal dialogue of like going through a conflict of kind of just went like we're doing this and now we're doing that and you know next scene you're one of your sympathetic characters is committing large-scale crimes and harassing and endangering his neighbors and friends like i need a really strong motivation to like understand why he's doing this stuff and all the stuff with the children. What was yeah. with the kids? I have no idea. Why was he befriending that child? <laughs> it would have been funny, I think, if they just left it there of just like, oh, this guy thinks he's our coach, you know, and like just left it at that. But then they kept bringing that one kid back yeah. of like being well, a junior cop. And there was one really scene where like, it. it was when they were looking out and getting the pictures from the mm-hmm. that loose woman's window and <laughs> the kid was there. And I'm like, why would you bring this the kid to like a situation like this? Because yes, that I, really set me off. I feel like the kids stuff probably got added as a result of the success of role models. And there were there were a lot of movies right around this time. I think like the, you know, 2010s where 30 something actors swearing in front of teenage teenagers was like a genre that people were were really into. (laughs) And I think that this was just something that like, oh, you're making an R rated comedy. You definitely have to have some swearing in front of teenagers in it. I don't know, though, because it looks role models was uh, made in 2008. Right. And this is 2014. So that was that still like a, a thing. I think I, I think so. I think we were still like doing that kind of humor. But also, I don't know that this was written by people who are all that competent anyway. But I just feel like that. I feel like it's tacked on because I think it was just like, oh, this is a thing. This is a popular thing to do. We're just going to put it in there. I, can I tell the rating? I want to talk about the rating for a second. Is an already comedy. 
But I don't really know why. They say fuck in the movie a lot. Oh, yeah. yeah. And in a way that almost feels forced. Yeah, yeah. Like someone's like, ooh, remember the F word? It's really cool. Uh, <laughs> or like, let's pepper in some more F bombs. <laughs> yeah, but you I mean you can do all kinds of violence on a PG 13 movie. It's just like, mm. people go so far out of their way to avoid making R rated movies that when you do, you kind of really, I feel like, at least in my perspective, when making a comedy, I'm not saying I needed this stuff or wanted it in any kind of gross way, but like, if you're going to be like an R-rated comedy, I feel like you need to go like go all out and just double down on the fact that you're R-rated and have nudity and more craziness and whatever. I mean, I guess you see that guy's balls or something, but it just seemed like they could have very easily just like nipped all the fucks out of the movie. And yeah. you have a very not I mean, the other problems are still there, but you have a much broader audience for a PG-13 comedy that would be fine. I, I I'm, just, mean, I'm just confused by the choice. And I think that it was just like. Again, this was just like this was the Hollywood trend at the time, like the R rated comedy was, you know, it was just that's what everybody was doing. We're still in a world where the hangover is, you know, one of the biggest comedy successes. But it does like it every once in a while you feel that you watch that PG-13 movie that really feels like it was super cut down from an R. This feels like the opposite. It feels like a PG-13 and they're just trying to get an R for punched up. Yeah. And I I think it's. I don't know. I just feel like there's Jake Johnson and and David Wayans Jr. Just like they don't feel like R-rated guys. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I did not like, know it was rated R. I wouldn't have guessed that. They feel like they can keep it clean. That's more their brand too. I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's a good point. That's a good way of putting it, Shay. Their brand. I think that like I mean I can tell. I knew it was because I think to your point, Shay. It's like I couldn't even tell. Besides, I thought, I'm like wow, they're saying the f word a lot. You can only say the fuck like in a non-sexual way like once in a yeah. pg-13 movie or something like that you get one non-sexual f-bomb in a pg-13 <laughs> and, and it's weird it's different than like i think about i think we just watched the most recent season of it's always sunny in philadelphia you know recently came on hulu and when they switched fxx they started using the f-word and swearing more and not having to bleep it out and stuff but they didn't like in comparison to this it's like it just feels a little more natural and i don't overuse it they use it for effect but it just felt like they were, they were kind of throwing it around in some scenes in this movie and then not in other scenes. Yeah. And like you said, if you're watching Superbad or something like that, where it's just like every other word in the movie, okay. But I, it's just it's just very strange. That's a good way of putting it, Greg. Like, this was punched up to be art for some reason. <laughs> yeah, it just... it. I don't know. And I also... I just feel like they missed an opportunity here because... So, there's this, this idea, and I think it was expressed most clearly by Robert Kirkman, who wrote the Walking Dead comics... And he said that, like, The Walking Dead takes place in a world without zombie movies, right? So that everybody in the comic is encountering zombies. Like, it's not, they're not like, oh, this is just like Night of the Living Dead. So sometimes when you watch movies and when people in the movie are aware of other movies in the real world, things get tricky because at at least one point, Ryan specifically mentions Lethal Weapon. the Mm -hmm. Not the original buddy cop movie, but, you know, kind of the the paragon of buddy cop movies right but then he's in a buddy cop movie do you know what i mean like he's living a life in a buddy cop movie and doesn't and that's never addressed so it's weird right it's like he's seen lethal weapon enough that he talks about it but when he start getting it he's actually living in lethal weapon doesn't mention it yeah would would you though greg if you were in the situation right pretend like you and i are ryan and justin right and we've got a weird situation would you make a point to be like this is just like a lethal weapon (laughs) we talk about all the time in our life whenever it it whenever it even remotely brushes up against a plot line or a gag from a tv show or a movie that we like 
And it's okay. I mean, you know, it would be weird if in a James Bond movie, he starts talking about how like, well, I wouldn't want to say anything that would make me look like Austin Powers, you know, (laughs) that would be weird, right? James Bond exists in a world where there are not spy movies, but Let's Be Cop exists in a world where there are buddy cop movies, but they never acknowledge the fact that all of a sudden they're living a buddy cop lifestyle. Yeah, I just think that that, you know, in mentioning it, that was kind of like the the nudge of like, hey, you know, this is just like this. I don't really think it needed to be spelled out. Yeah, but that's the part that makes it weird for me. That's when I start wondering, like, where what these characters like, what is their point of reference for the events that are going on around them? Yeah, I feel like it could be to your other point, Greg, about the comparison to Hot Fuzz is like the writers were probably cognizant enough that's like, well, we can't do what that movie did, which is basically just like a big homage punch up, punch down of buddy cop movies. So we have to avoid any reference to them at all, except for maybe one, because that feels natural. I don't know. It's just like it felt like they avoided it like the whole movie, which is not what I was expecting. I thought it odd, too. Yeah, because there are a lot of great, you know, buddy cop action comedies, obviously Lethal Weapon. But even around this time, you had the other guys, Mark Wahlberg and Will Ferrell. That was a really good one. You had, uh, it was a little later, but the nice guys with Russell Crowe and Ryan Gosling, um, Hot Fuzz. You know, this was a thing. Like, this is, people know how to make these movies. And I feel like the weird twist is like, what if they're not really cops? (laughs) What if they're two schlubby guys? I but, think I, I read in an article somewhere that I, I think that this one came around out around the same time as The Heat, which was very funny. Yes, The Heat a, was good. Yeah, with uh, Melissa McCarthy and Sandra Bullock. So I think that I'm wondering if they're trying to emulate that. However, uh, two important things about just this movie in general. One, talking about the story, supposedly a lot of this movie was improv Oh, uh, like A lot of it. So I'm really curious as to seeing like... I think probably the improv stuff was more of the laugh out loud stuff because a lot of the main actors are just comedians in general. I I bet the original script of this movie was dog shit. I well, bet. I think that and I think that, yeah, that, that's another mistake they made was and this was again, this was the way you made comedies in this period for, you know, a lot of a lot of it. Like it, it's the Judd Apatow style of making comedies, which is you you. You basically you put funny people in um, and Adam McKay, who made a lot of the great Will Ferrell stuff. You have funny people and, you know, playing funny characters and you basically just put them in situations and you let them riff and then you just cut scenes together from that. And so, like, when you watch, like, you know, Anchorman, for example, like a lot of the shots and the scenes are just like it. We're just cameras just sitting on a tripod And we're just watching these two actors, you know, like the shots aren't really like set up in any way. It's just kind of like it's almost like you're watching an SNL sketch of like we're just going to film what happens. Um, And that's okay. It gets a little old after a while. But if you're making an action comedy, you need to you can't do it half improv because you need to like set up shots for action. And, um, you know, and if this is a if this movie is supposed to feel like a buddy cop movie, but with regular guys, it should like it should be shot and directed like a buddy cop movie. But it's just got regular guys in it. But instead, it's like we're going to shoot it like a hangover movie 
but they're pretending to be cops instead. It just it's it's all kinds of weird mismatches and bad calls. Uh, the second thing I want to mention is um, this: the timing of this movie, I think, was awful. I'm pretty sure this <laughs> yeah. movie came out around the same time as the Michael Brown Ferguson shooting, where the cop shot him. Yeesh. And obviously nobody wants to see a movie about goofy cops in any kind of situation <laughs> after like horrible nationwide news like that. I also think that this movie in general might have been made at just the wrong time. And maybe if it was made more in like the like 2009-2010 Judd Apatow movie, maybe it would have been a little bit more acceptable to an audience. Yeah, and I uh, and I think if they landed on a tone, like if they'd gone all out like wacky totally screwball comedy where everything is so zany that you're not thinking about things like they're going to get in trouble or oh god, they're actually they're going to get this they're going to get this restaurant, they're going to get all these restaurant people murdered, you know? Like go all the way up with it or bring it bring it much further down and make it more like a little grittier like like the nice guys so that it's more like a dark comedy or go all the way screwball with it but they just kind of picked this spot in the middle where it just bleh. so okay my question now for both andrew and shay if you had to name like what is probably your top favorite comedy movie I'm just like out of curiosity because I do think that a lot of times in seeing like I'm not saying that like you guys are wrong for not liking this movie. No, not at all. Because I know that like this movie does not like there are certain parts of this movie that don't land. And I really do think that if it wasn't for Jake Johnson, I would probably be more on your side than more on the on the plus side. But yeah, I'm curious of like what your ultimate favorite comedy movie is. Man, movie is tough because I watch so much comedy TV. Mm -hmm, Same. And I don't watch a ton of comedy movies. I like in all honesty, outside of like the lane I stick in for my nerd shit, I don't like watch a lot of movies. That's a really tough one. Can I think on it and come back as we continue to discuss? Of course. I feel about the same. Yeah. Oh, you guys just kicked off the podcast. Goodbye. <laughs> yeah. I think uh, the only ones hey, that are this coming is a to crossover. my mind are... <laughs> We both have to make that decision. Yeah. <laughs> the only ones coming to mind, I feel like I used to watch more comedy movies, so the ones that we've been talking about in this podcast were some of the ones that probably previously would have been up there for me, like Pineapple Express and yeah. The Hangover. But I feel like I haven't watched many newer comedies. I do like I do like the Judd Apatow style in general. I'm not quite as into the Will Ferrell movies. Just something about the style and the characters. And just like, I, I'm not... Will Ferrell's a very funny guy. I think he's a nice guy. It's just not like my jam. I do like... The really absurd screwball stuff, like I'm unabashed pre going off like into fucking crazy territory, Adam Sandler stuff, the Chris Farley stuff. Like I like those eras of movies. I think they're funny. Granted, it's probably been 10 years since I've watched one of those movies, so I could feel differently now. Well, it's an interesting perspective because Greg and I, like, you know, ever since having a child, we haven't really gone to the movies together a lot. But Greg made a big point to me once of saying that, like, it's kind of pointless to watch a comedy in theaters like the movies you want to watch and like pay the extra money for are like the movies with a lot of the special effects and stuff like that where the the experience watching it at home isn't the same and i felt like in general that's made me like i I just am not excited about comedy movies at all anymore like you know where i can maybe watch something on tv but like my attitude towards it i really do think that like the 90s and like the early 2000s were probably like the best times for comedies so two things there Uh uh-huh One, I do believe that, like, if I'm going to spend money on a theater experience, it should be for a movie where I'm going to get a better experience in the theater than I would at home. Mm -hmm. But I do think that watching comedies alone and watching comedies with other people are very 
is a very different experience. And I think that comedies are best appreciated in a group um, because there is something about we're all laughing together. And I think that when you hear other people laughing at a scene, it, it does make it a little funnier. And I feel like it highlights the it heightens the enjoyment a little bit. But well, I really enjoyed it when I heard you laugh those three times. I think <laughs> that um, three guffaws. I think that when you when you mentioned that the 90s and the 2000s were the best period for comedies, I think it's less about there were there was some kind of golden age and more about comedy movies, I think, generally are targeted at a specific age group and they don't make a lot of comedies for people in their 30s and up comedies tend to be targeted at people in their teens and 20s so I feel like people in their 30s need comedy more than anyone yeah <laughs> but like when you when you see like comedies that are marketed to people our age it's usually got like mark ruffalo and like he's donating sperm to a lesbian couple and you laugh <laughs> twice you know, like that's the kind of comedy that's more marketed to people in in our age group. Right. Not like joke a minute, laugh out loud stuff. I, I like the fact that Mark Ruffalo is the first guy you thought of. Oh, it's absolutely <laughs> Mark Ruffalo. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with the same thing. I've said the exact same thing. I think touche about going to movies. And I don't like to go see comedies unless it's like someone. I think what's the last comedy we saw in theaters? We saw that um, sisters think, movie, right? With Amy Polar. That was years Fett. ago. Yeah. And it was fine, I think. I we also saw that in theaters. I liked it. And I liked, it, I liked it more than most people did, I think. Just because it's fun to watch them on screen. I think, again, similar to Let's Be Cops, of just right. the dynamic between Tina Fey and Amy Poehler is fun to see. That's even if the plot say. is not as good. Mm-hmm. And same for, like, Jake and Damon, where it's yeah. just, they obviously, you know, and I'm trying to think, I don't know exactly what year that Damon Waynes was back on New Girl. Because um, I know that he was in the pilot, and then he had to go back because he thought that the show Happy Endings, which he was part of, was going to be canceled, but it wasn't. So in his contract, they kind of couldn't include him when New Girl was picked up. But then when Happy Endings ended, he came in, I want to say around like season three or four. Mm-hmm, that sounds about right. Yeah. And then he kind of left again towards the end. Mm-hmm. You know, he's kind of a come and go character for a little bit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think that I think that I prefer television comedies because... A, the, you know, just the form factor of being shorter and, and more digestible. But I just think much like, like, I mean, TV has just become such a, like a better venue in so many ways for all kinds of storytelling. But particularly for comedies, I think the kind of comedy that rhythm that I've fallen into of like very nested, very, very referential, very meta, very running gags, like, show like some of my favorite comedies it's always sunny in Philadelphia. I mean, God, there are jokes in like the first episode or two about like, Mac being closeted gay or something like that. And like, they're still hitting that gag 15 seasons later. And every time it's fucking funny. Like, I don't know how, but just good writing, I guess. But, and then community community is like very similar in, in that kind of, and that goes as a good example of a show where the tone changes over time, right? Like starts off. It's pretty generic at first, you know, that's ah, just like a, whatever. And by the end, it's like, we are in full absurdist territory <laughs> at points like nineties Conan level stuff. Uh, or even something like, I mean, Simpsons is a bad example. Listen to Greg's ep- Greg and I's episode about that if you want to check out The Simpsons. But <laughs> we, we pretty much, we still watch uh, seasons like one through ten. And then yeah. the rest, it's just, they don't mm. exist. I've never seen an episode of The Simpsons. What? Yep. I just what? have to put that out there. Okay. This is our follow-up podcast. No, can't. It's not going to work. <laughs> yeah. Not even one. Like, not one episode. Nope. <gasps> I've seen the movie. There's what? <laughs> they played it first in high school, like this on one of the last days of school. Which <laughs> seems like you haven't even like yeah. saw like 
like it was just on TV for like 15 seconds or you're like a rarity. No, I wasn't allowed to watch it. <laughs> or Friends. I've never seen an episode of Friends. That's that's defensible. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen a full episode of Friends either. Because I was also like, this is I, I was obsessed with Friends in fifth grade, where I thought it was the best thing ever, and Matthew Perry was one of my first crushes. And like, I even though half the jokes completely went over my head, <laughs> and then just like later on, I watched. It, I'm like, oh yeah, I did not realize they were talking about sex. You know, that's why I was with Seinfeld. My parents played Seinfeld all the time growing up, and I don't think I understood a single episode. <laughs> but there's something fun, I think, watching those shows. Like, again, this is a similar thing to what Greg says about watching comedy. Like, like if your parents laugh, you kind of laugh with them, you know? Yeah. And it's yeah, like, okay, they have no idea what they're talking about. what funny is. <laughs> they're no, showing yeah. you where the jokes are. I, I like, you know, when even just with Shay and I watching something together as a comedy, like, I like laughing together. That is a good feeling. I like seeing her laugh and laughing at the same thing. And sometimes... Watch me laugh. Yeah, I actually do turn and watch you laugh sometimes. It's a weird habit I have. Aww. But, uh, Aww. Yeah. Um, but, I mean... <laughs> And then now I shoot myself in the foot after I come out. I do it for most people. Like I do it if I'm watching my friends or like other people. I just, I enjoy people laughing. I like finding the same things funny. It's also partially self-validating. Like this is funny, right? Everyone's agreeing. This is funny. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, it's weird, but no, I I think that's, it's just, it's something weird. I I can't think of like a favorite comedy movie, but yeah, like in the, I like the Apatow movies. Those are, those are pretty much good. I like probably lean toward a little more towards the absurdist side i do like really good physical comedy which i do think jake johnson's a pretty good physical comedy actor uh i think he does a lot of good work in new girl he does a couple good good gags in here <laughs> damon's pretty decent at it too so they, they had a little bit of that but that's did, part did of the total realize, by the way that damon waynes could dance so well i i actually wrote that down as a note i was like <laughs> he's got moves <laughs> except later dance. in the movie when all of a sudden like he couldn't dance that's true when was he dancing when he was, i think when he was at the party in disguise, right? Didn't he have to? Didn't he have to dance? And all of a sudden, he he was, was, really he was bad doing stuff. When they first met up with the guys, like the mobster guys who yeah. damaged their car, and oh, yeah. uh, Ryan was like searching in the car and drinking the scotch and stuff in the car, yeah. and Justin didn't know what to do, so he kind of <laughs> had them do dance moves. And he was like pole dancing, kind of. Yeah, <laughs> but it was like really good. <laughs> yeah, but then I later on in the movie, out. he had to dance for some reason, and the movie forgot that he was a good, good dancer. <laughs> Yeah. What part was that? I don't, I don't, I don't remember, remember, but it definitely it's, it's happened. It's when he was in disguise and he like act normal, and then Jake Johnson's character was like, "Stop doing that. That's weird." Oh um, yes, yes, yes. Well, that's yes, barely okay. dancing. He just yeah, kind yeah. of scooted around. Yeah. I I want to talk about the jokes in this movie. There okay. were jokes in this movie. Oh, I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> uh, thanks for thanks for putting that one right over the plate for me. <laughs> yeah, that's what I love to do, right? Uh, so. I, this is another area where I feel like there was a lot of inconsistency of like what style of humor you're going to use. And I'm not saying that you can only make it to stick to one type of humor when you're making a movie. Like you can't just, you don't need to move where it's only physical comedy. I guess that's a vacation, a Chevy Chase vacation movie, but you hate those. I don't love those movies. No, really? I actually don't mind the movie. I just don't like a Christmas vacation because I just don't like a lot of Christmas movies, but Wait, so you don't think that the line shitters full is the funniest thing in the whole world like the rest of America? <laughs> pretty funny. Uh, but <laughs> I just think like che- Chevy is a very like physical actor in his comedy, even though he's not doing physical comedy in the same way like Chris Farley does physical comedy, just like falling over and going crazy and being a bonkers person. He's very expressive. He's very like he's a very big guy. So it kind of comes across that way. He's very boisterous in the characters he plays. Also 
in real life, I guess. Uh, <laughs> won't go down that road, but I just I just read a long article about like I always knew he was kind of a dick, but like it was like an art, it was an old article from Gawker about like every instance he was a dick. And like every uh, set of every movie he was on where like he didn't get along with someone. <laughs> yeah, I, I watched like a good like, it was like a 15 or 20 minute like oral history of like Chevy and like kind of interviewing with him and his daughter. And like because he kind of went under the radar after community for a little while and like hearing it's really weird when you hear people talk about because like, I know Shane and I both listened to the podcast Armchair Expert, Zach Shepard's podcast. Mm-hmm. Would highly recommend if you're into that sort of thing. But, you know, he's interviewed people who have worked with him and most recently i listened to podcasts with allison brie and she was you know they're kind of talking like so like what was it like to work with chevy chase like on the set of community because as you all hear all these stories and she's like he was like really racist but also like and they're all just kind of like it's just hard to describe you hear joel McHale had to say the same thing it's like he's simultaneously a racist dick but also like kind of a nice guy and it's really hard to reconcile the two and, and he's just like a, a weird kind of person at this point in his life. But. I think she talked about how you couldn't really, he just didn't know any better. That was mm. kind of how she described it. Like in his treatment of women and things like that, he just didn't really get it. Right, like old grandpa kind of thing. Yeah, like he didn't mean to, but... Yeah, like bad excuse because he's not senile. Like he's a grown-ass man, he should be able to know better at this point. Uh, but but well, anyway, my, I'm getting off the, the topic here. I don't need to go talk about Chevy Chase for now, but I just feel like in this movie, they... They had like a little bit of physical comedy and then like a little bit of this kind of comedy and a little bit of the the whole like there's a couple times where like they do like the accent racist joke thing. And to your point, Karen, I really agree when you're like, am I supposed to be laughing at them or with them? Mm-hmm. Like key scenes are like really cringy and they're kind of pointing it out, but also still doing it. Yes. And I don't know. I just I was like, I wasn't able to laugh. So I wasn't sure what kind of joke we were doing. And the one side of it felt really gross and the other one just felt poorly executed so i felt like even besides the tone of the whole movie there was they're like totally inconsistent in their style of humor across mm-hmm. the movie like what the jokes were kind of based around yeah it's and i think that comes from a lot of the the improv nature of it you know when you've got these little improv jokes those are going to rely a lot on just the chemistry between you know jake johnson and damon wayans and their strengths as improvisers and what are the things that they like to do and then you've got jokes that are like clearly in the script that are now those are written by the screenwriter who might have a different sense of humor than the guys who are improvising and then it's up to the director to try and reconcile those things the director and the editor to try and reconcile these two things and then you've got the more like set piece physical bits like you know, when they're trying to arrest a naked fat guy in a hardware store. Here's here's the interesting about that. I, for some reason, I don't know if I just blanked it out or maybe. Oh, I guess, honestly, since I was watching it on FXX so many times, like it was always on TV. I didn't watch this movie in theaters the first time. I never knew he was naked. So that hmm. was really like, that was kind of jarring for me because I had only seen the censored version before. That, that was, and that was like, oddly, like I felt like, was that supposed to be like a funny thing that he's naked or like, cause I didn't, I personally didn't need to see the parts that I did. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, and like I said, like kind of the gags, some of the gags just felt like low, like very lowbrow and other ones, like there were some legitimately funny jokes in this movie, you know, and, and comedy scenes. 
I'm blanking on what they were, but I definitely <laughs> did laugh in this movie. I think a lot of them was just kind of the in the, the dialogue between yeah. mm-hmm. the two of them. Like, where I think, and again, I think a lot of that was just improv, or just the two of them kind of riffing. I think some really genuinely funny things came out of those that made you like the characters a little bit more. But yeah, I, I could definitely see of like, that might not be enough to call this movie like hilarious, you know, with everything else considered. And you know, the slightly racist parts and the parts that like are a little cringy and like some yeah. of the stuff with the women felt a little bit like mm-hmm. cringy too. Like the, I like how you described her Karen, the loose woman in the apartment. <laughs> 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 Sound like a, that part was just weird. Like, and I think they wanted to make it a joke that like, uh, cause they did a throwaway line too of like Ryan slept with like a 50 year old at some yeah. point. Yeah. So it's like, or he just has really weird taste in women. But uh, well, but the, there, there are parts of this movie where they try to make Ryan out to be like, a real like hedonistic scumbag right mm-hmm. like he is just he cannot wait to get in bed with natasha legero yeah he like he, he had sex with a 50 year old woman and then it, he talks about like how he did meth 10 times or something you know like there are these little bits where you're like wow that's kind of different than the other guy who seems to be like more sensitive and you know the fallen high school or college football star you know what i mean like it's who is this guy and what am i supposed to believe about him because this movie would work there are a lot of scenes in this movie that would work or the movie would work as a whole if he was this like total wild card psychopath Right. And for some reason, he keeps getting Justin involved with this stuff. But he has to be like a level of weirdo where he's like Zach Galifianakis in the Hangover movies. Right. He's that weird in the context of the rest of the movie. That would work. And then this movie would also maybe work if he was a little bit more down to earth, but wasn't like driving over sidewalks and nearly killing children with a police car. You're you're really offended by that scene. No, I just think it's a good example (laughs) of like, who is this person? I I really agree. That scene was off-putting and and I didn't realize why it was so off-putting, but it's realizing what Greg said, like his character was like wildly inconsistent Mm -hmm. and I couldn't get a read on like, should I like this guy? Should I not like this guy? You know what tone I think this movie could have had that would have been interesting? Did you get, what's that movie called? Is it called Let's Kill Our Bosses? No. What's oh, it called? Horrible Bosses. Bosses. Horrible yeah. Bosses. Like, let's kill our <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, I was thinking Let's Be Cop. Yeah, that's just like up my yeah. brain. <laughs> it's, you know, it's from, it's from the world-renowned Let's Be series of comedies. <laughs> it's a different profession. <laughs> let's be boss murderers. Yeah. <laughs> let's be hungover. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> great. Um, We're all laughing together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> you guys. Uh, yes, horrible bosses. Like I feel like this movie could have had that tone, and that would have been the right kind of like a darker yes. comedy. To your point, Greg, I think that could have it could have lived there, and I think those these two actors could have done well in that environment if they would have hammered out what they wanted to do, stuck with some characterization and some of the gags. Like, because yeah, there's a couple things like they mentioned he sleeps with a 50 year old woman, then he's into this older woman, and then later on he's like making out with that like octogenarian. The old lady. The old lady at oh, the end. Oh, yeah, right. And so it's like, there's definitely like a running gag there, but they didn't double down on it enough to make it. And he also is still also interested in all the other women. So like, if you'd been like, ah, it's not really for me. And then like, he, you know, like they do that game with the her over there. And it's like, you know, some 80 year old right. or something like there's, there's people have done this before. It's not hard to follow that, that pattern, but they just didn't really seem to pick which direction they wanted to go with, with a bunch of the stuff. So, yeah, I think, um, shit, I had a thought and I lost it. Oh, um, I think they also I think this movie also really kind of squandered uh, Damon Wayans because I think he has this 
this thing that he kind of perfected with the coach character of, you know, like physically he's this guy, he's in great shape. He's just like throwing out backflips like it's nothing, right? Mm-hmm. He's he's tall, he's muscular, he's kind of imposing. But then he also has this very soft kind of timid feminine style in like the way he actually interacts. And that's like that's that's great. That's like you can get a lot of mileage of comedy out of that. And I feel like that's a lot of what like the coach character on New Girl basically was, you know, and this movie did that a couple times, but never really took advantage of it. And, you know, he's he's kind of always this timid guy, but the movie never really addresses that. He also, you know, you know, he looks like a professional athlete physically, but he's right. also this timid guy and the movie never really addresses it. It's just kind of like, uh. yeah, I think there's some jokes we made there about how, like, like you said, the guy looks like a professional athlete. And like I said, we might be projecting a little bit because that's kind of what he was in New Girl. But like he is in clearly good shape and yes, doing all the stuff in the movie. And ironically, it's Jake Johnson, who was like the almost professional athlete and coach is coach. (laughs) Justin is the video game developer. Right. Right. So like that juxtaposition could have been very funny because like I was very off putting for me to try and think of Jake Johnson as athletic. Once again, projecting Nick Miller onto that onto the character. But still, (laughs) like he's just like a schlubby guy. That's kind of like his shtick. Yeah. So he's believable as a guy who was like popular in college and high school but i but also truthfully quick rewrite you know what would would have worked a lot better than him going to like some like alumni party and um you know reminiscing about football glory if he was like um president of his frat and he was going to a frat reunion do you know what i mean yeah i could see that and like oh this is like this is the party guy who never got over his you know his his party life I thought it was weird. Speaking of that, I thought it was kind of weird that they would show his play. Like, yeah, just they would on just the play TV. Old, like, and it's funny because, you know, at Millersville, like we had a football team, you know, we all went to college there. I went to one football game and I know that like certain schools are big on football and some aren't. But I feel like no matter what, any kind of reunion wouldn't play like an one old game. <laughs> well, yeah. With, like, and, and he referred to it as like the play, you know, and it was obviously still very big. Like, have you guys seen the play? And that that whole scene is about showing how the world has moved on from his college glory, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody, all all of his, you know, classmates are there in nice suits talking about their successful careers. And like the whole point is to communicate that he is living in the past. Everyone else has moved on. But the all the but everyone else who's moved on just happened to be watching the old game on TV. Right at his moment, like, you right. know, like where he's like, oh, here it is. Um, I'm going to make one comment here. I think it'd be really interesting to see how this movie would have been different and read completely if they chose the ghost costumes to go to the party. <laughs> Let's be ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> like, would they even like made it into because they, they realized that they were mistaken and it was a masquerade and not a costume party really quick. But I feel like with the ghost costume, either they could have ditched it or they would have just been laughed out. You know, yeah. people looked at them funny in the copy forms, but then they just accepted it. Do they all just assume that they dressed up like real cops? I don't know. Because I even feel like cartoon. If, if I were to dress up like a, like a police officer for Halloween, it would be very Halloween-esque, you know? But these were like real, real uniforms. Yeah, you and know? The, the flimsy-ass explanation of why he just had very authentic cop uniforms. <laughs> oh, it's because he's a video game developer and he was using them for a pitch? But he's also like... <laughs> Clearly, like, a very low-level guy at the company. Why would he have to, like, bring in 
cop uniforms as part of his pitch, like, wouldn't it have just been like a better thing of like, oh, I had these lying around because, you know, we were working on a cop game and we needed them as references for the, you know, you know, we were for the for the costumes in the game rather yeah, than like no, they no. were on mannequins <laughs> for a pitch <laughs> and what then is, the camera what? the camera focused on them like on the mannequins of like just to, to remind the audience like this is where they come from but <laughs> also this movie's supposed to take place in la for some reason because they make a point that it takes place in la even though it was clearly not shot in la but like if you're setting your movie in la just in, and instead of making justin like a video game developer He's like a production assistant on a movie and he's just got access to some wardrobe, you know, wouldn't that be an easier fit? Instead, (laughs) we've got these embarrassingly cringy shots of like what like a 50 year old screenwriter thinks video game development might look like based on what his (laughs) nephew told him about a Nintendo. Well, I'm pretty sure that that meeting the first kind of video game meeting where he does his pitch and it gets shot down and that guy goes off. I'm pretty sure that's your average Activision development meeting to be honest but i did find it a little funny that the guy you know was named todd because i just kept thinking about todd howard but you know what another thing they don't really like spend enough time on is like so you know i know the point is that ryan is supposed to be like not really doing anything with his life but he's like he's clearly trying to be an actor which is one of the reasons they're in la right yeah but like outside of like the initial like oh i had that commercial and then the one or two gags about that they don't reference it at all no yeah. they, they do talk about how um someone found him in a mall he wasn't yeah. actually trying to be oh an actor. okay yeah, yeah it was kind of he like fell into it and mm-hmm. he was just in this and then he was paid i think they said like eleven thousand dollars which he's lived off of for two years but in la <laughs> in la yeah yeah but it's still like a weird setup though that that feels needlessly complicated right like right because it when you first meet him and they're talking about the commercial oh this guy's a washed up actor Mm-hmm. But then a few scenes later, it's like, oh, no, he's a washed up football player. OK, but if we just needed him to be some out of work schlub, like, couldn't he just, you know, he's living off of a settlement from his football injury or he's living off of, you know, an inheritance that he's about to run out of or something. Yeah, it just seems I, like not I actually necessary. thought it was actually an interesting thing when they mentioned the fact that his football injury wasn't based on like football. Like it was revealed that he jumped off a roof. Uh, at a party so it's his fault i was gonna say that earlier i feel like that also would have been something i would have had more empathy for him if it was actually like i thought when they were playing that play at the party that it was going to be like the the play where he got injured and Mm -hmm. he could he was out of out of football in his career but when you find out later it was actually like a just some dumb stunt it was like oh i don't even really have empathy for this guy anymore you know yeah i, I think that was like part like I, I think that they really wanted you to believe that though of like you know he got injured in the sport and then uh cuz i think that i'm pretty sure that was revealed when he got into the fight yeah when they were arguing mm-hmm. yeah and he was like oh you are a loser and this is all your fault so i think right. it's kind of like a ooh like this just makes him seem a lot worse that's true yeah but again it's that thing of like if that if that revelation was supposed to like put him in a vulnerable spot, then you can't a few scenes later have him like bragging about how, you know, and like really happy about how many times he's done meth, you know, like, <laughs> is this guy, who is he? Is he ashamed of his party boy past? Is he just trying to live the party boy life? What is happening? I- I thought he was just trying to, because re- that was when uh, Damon was on drugs, right? They gave him crystal meth. Yeah. I think he was just trying to like relate of like, hey, it will be okay, you know? Yeah, but he was like laughing about it. It seemed like it was 
it wasn't a it wasn't it definitely wasn't played in like uh it was played for laughs and he was like kind of bragging about it he was kind of happy about it it wasn't um it didn't seem like again the guy who's ashamed of his past as a party boy like this movie just can't decide about these things yeah i feel like i was just looking for ways to have empathy for him and i just kept getting shot down every time i would learn something new it just took away any empathy i had for him but what about the fact that he's nick miller he's not (laughs) i know know. do do we need to have a talk about how like characters characters work It's hard because our characters are so close to one another. I think a lot of it is because a lot of the things I could see the character Ryan doing are things that I might be able to see Nick Miller doing as well. So it's just like, it's not the fact that it's just like, you know, Jake Johnson, but it's just like the characters do share a lot of similarities in a way. Nick is way too lazy to do any of this stuff. (laughs) That's true. I mean, we're going to have to have a long talk about how Indiana Jones got into outer space and changed his name to Han Solo. Like, I feel like that was an interesting movie that we totally missed. <laughs> yeah. uh, I had a couple minor notes I just wanted to point out, just some sure. random things. Uh, so I don't remember her name because she's effectively a prop in the movie, but... The waitress? The waitress. Josie. Josie, that's right. She's the makeup artist. And in her apartment, they have movie posters up. Mm-hmm. And the one, only one that they show in any real way when they're in the first scene when they're she's trying to you know have sex or whatever is the 2000 Planet of the Apes movie, which is, like, a really weird choice because that movie fucking sucks. And, like, it's not like it just come out or something, right? Like, Maybe I just so for the makeup artist? Maybe? That, yeah, that actually, that actually is, all in my eyes, all right because I could imagine that if you were really into makeup, you would, like, you would look at that movie as, like, they have a lot of really good makeup effects in that movie. Mm, that's a good point. I didn't think but about still, that. But still, it's a Shot weird down. call. <laughs> Because uh, I was looking at it, I was like, I've seen that. Po- oh, is that that? I forgot the movie existed. Uh, another point, uh, the generic metal in the fight scene. You were really upset about that. It, no, I was just, it was weird. Like, there's a lot of generic metal in movies and scenes like that, where it's like, oh, this is the crazy scene. Just like hit a bunch of low tune guitars and just do it. But like, it was clearly someone made that who like actually likes metal or listens to metal. Because it had a like, it just had a little more structure and content to it than it's typically just like, just like the random stuff. Like, it was just very strange. I I couldn't. I want to go back and watch it because I just like it hit me in a weird way. I made about a note a note about that as well. That it was like stranger. No, you're playing in front of me. Okay, (laughs) great. Uh, Your sarcastic look doesn't play well on. Translate. <laughs> this is like a lot of times on the podcast. I tell people like, right now, Greg is looking at me angrily. <laughs> um, right now, I'm rolling my eyes. Yeah. My, my, my other metal note is I'm pretty sure, and I, I couldn't quite see, but I'm pretty positive that when they had their um the main bad guy, I forget his name, Mossy, Mossy, yeah, Cossy. At one point, his picture was up on a board. I think at the for cops or when they were doing the research and. His nickname was King Diamond, and I was like, mm, okay. Like, they don't say it in the movie at all, but hmm. just thought that piece was interesting. I didn't catch that, but they were... Because a lot of the, the names were jokes. Yeah. Right. You know? Huh. Yeah. And I could see it, but that's not a joke that, like... Anybody would get? Yeah, that anybody besides you or I would get. <laughs> and also, it's not even, like, related to, like, anything about him. Weird. Hmm. Yeah. I think that was just supposed to be, like, a he's the head honcho. Yeah, I, I don't know. I thought I, I thought the context was like just a weird choice. Needed to point it out because you know King Diamond's amazing. Right, because we got to talk about King Diamond any chance we get. Yeah, uh, Shay's favorite artist. 
the last thing I just really want to talk about how bad the end of this movie is <laughs> because I don't think like on paper what happens I don't like this any of the stuff with uh Justin and Josie like that scene was weird and cringy and awkward and they they didn't have any like natural chemistry no no like no. he obviously had more chemistry with uh Jake Johnson you know so it was kind of I think that the two of them got along so well just seeing him with another character that just seemed like oh like I don't see the connection here I don't even see like how they like started dating really like i think they rushed into that yeah they didn't spend enough time developing that relationship for me to care not that i wanted more time with it because like i said they didn't have a lot of chemistry but can i interject yeah like there's that whole part where she's implying that the gang member guy king mm-hmm. diamond is like interested in her bothering her stalking her at work and i feel like they kind of like show that and then they just drop it yeah i also don't really understand what the good point what the point yeah. of that was I think it's just I think they were trying to I I, her whole purpose in this movie is to give Justin a reason to go along with the charade Mm -hmm. because when they show up in the restaurant in the cop uniforms, she all of a sudden shows interest in him. Right. And then basically he feels like he can help her and, you know, ingratiate himself with her by pretending to be a cop to scare off this creeper. And then later on, she gets damseled a little bit, which keep which keeps pulling him back in. But I really think that, I mean, number one, it's sexist as hell to use a woman just as a tool, you know, to keep a man interested in the plot. But I just feel like it becomes unnecessary. And I think there are other ways to keep him invested in the charade beyond this. It also kind of makes him kind of sleazy. It doesn't reflect well on him that he's going to continue to like he's going to lie to her and commit these crimes because he thinks it's going to like help him score. I don't like it. Just get rid of all of it. Yeah. Yeah. It seemed like it was mostly just to demonstrate that now he has more confidence because he was interested in her before. Yeah. Before all this happened. And then all of a sudden he kind of boosted his confidence that she was interested in him because he was a cop and. It's one of the things that I think that they didn't do well in this movie was and why the why the ending didn't really land and why some of the climax didn't land is like they're trying to show this like, oh, Justin's kind of a doormat and lacks confidence and Ryan is a loser. Right. And doesn't mm-hmm. take responsibility for himself or his actions. But once again, like they didn't spend enough time demonstrating either of those things enough to make it earned at the end or make me feel much when it they, you know, had their character revelations and uh you know did these things to overcome those things it just didn't really feel like it landed for me in that way and which is why like i like to greg's other point like the idea of ryan becoming a cop like it makes sense and i liked that choice but just like the way it was a the lack of consequences and b just like the way they did it just felt really really blame and like like uh, lazy they also need to show him growing up right like when he becomes a cop you know the 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 arc for him is this is he finds maturity he finds purpose in you know like becoming a law enforcement officer right it gives him it, it gives his life direction finally and thus he grows up but then in the little denouement scene he's driving up on the curb and nearly killing pedestrians and you know like you know looking a hell of a lot like a crooked cop you know he's still the same old ryan you know recklessly endangering everyone yeah so it completely undercuts his entire arc there with that, that whole the end scene, like, it should have been cut altogether, I think. Like, if it just ended with him at, you know, Police Academy and he, like, that would have been great. But I feel like they wanted a way to tie it up and they failed with that. 
Because yeah, I did, I, like, the end is really cringeworthy. Because then they, they found Poopa again, and they all just hang out. Oh, and that was, it was like, you know, back, yeah, yeah, you just feel like any kind of character de- uh, development that Ryan would have had is gone at that moment. <laughs> Where it's like, oh, this is like, now it's a real cop being an asshole, as opposed to just a loser dressed up like a cop being an asshole. Yeah, and, and like, the, the successive... Um like endings and like one-upsmanship of the endings themselves. Like, so you get the closure with Josie and Justin. Okay. Lame scene, but fine. And then you get the closure with Ryan, you know, graduating the police academy. Okay. You could have stopped the movie right there. And, but then you have to see like, not only did Justin get to make his game, but now he's doing like a Ted talk about it or something that's yeah, clearly at E3. at E3 or something. Oh, I forgot about that. And then, and then, you, you know, not only is, uh, Ryan a cop now, but he's still, he's a cop and he's still really cool and got a nice car and whatever, you know, like that got the cool new fancy police car. And just like, it just seems like they tried to make the characters like win too much at the end. And yeah. it just, it just felt really lame. Yeah. <laughs> and then they both became president. Exactly. <laughs> and they took over oh, the world. Let's be presidents. <laughs> Let's be presidents. That's the next one. Great. Oh man. So, uh, I think that the movie, while everyone thinks that this movie was a complete bomb, I think it did okay in theaters. Like, Probably average, uh, so much that fans were kind of curious as to whether or not there'd be a sequel. And Damon Wayans pretty much said in an interview that he would refuse to do a sequel because of police brutality. And like, until that's all solved and police are more accountable, like he didn't want to be involved playing like a zany cop, which I can appreciate that. What did they have a sequel about? Yeah. Yeah. It was was an interview, like this movie came out in 2014. This was an interview in like 2015. So I'm sure that, you know, it was just kind of a... You know, people thought like, oh, you guys going to do that again. Mm-hmm. But then in 2015, he said that he was working on a different project with Jake Johnson that was like a, a lot funnier. And he actually made a point to say, like, it's going to be a lot funnier. <laughs> but then I don't know what that project would have been if it ever happened. Yeah, I don't I can't think of anything. How would you do a sequel? I mean, let's let's be ghosts. We let's gotta. be like, <laughs> let's, let's, let's be let's, FBI let's, agents. <laughs> Maybe they'll get those promotions that that Ryan gave to himself. Yeah, <laughs> I, thought, I thought that was kind of funny. I will say, I don't know. Like, I, I know that like I'm. I did like the movie. I will watch the movie again. <laughs> I loved it I know, for the first it's just half. Me, but I it's was just kind into of like, it. It's so to me. It's like it's just calming in a way of just like it's it's kind of dumb. But I think I, I do see the heart in it. And you know, even though it is severely flawed. There is there is something, Karen, about you when it comes to movies and you like to take in strays (laughs) (laughs) like the the number of like movies and TV shows that you unironically love, but admit are bad. Like, I feel like it's high for you. Like, I feel like you you, you find these wounded little movies (laughs) and you just you feel like somebody has to love you. Let's be cops. (laughs) And and like you feel the need to nurse it back to health. I like I like movies that show like friendships, like strong. But but here's the thing, and I I I I feel like you know this. There are good movies that show friendships. I mean, wait. Okay, aside from this movie, what else is there that fits into this category of strays? Oh, Hero Wanted. Okay, I haven't watched that movie in like ten years. I don't. Yeah, but still, it holds a, a warm spot in your heart. 
Well, it was because I discovered the hemorrhage in my hand music video. Uh, we're not. We can't. We can't go down this road. Uh, we're not gonna go. To, yeah, I'm just um, saying, your you favorite Christmas first. movie, The Tangerine Bear. Oh yeah, no, See? I like that one. Yeah, already. Never heard of that. <laughs> Empire Records. Empire Records. That was more of a cult classic, I think. I know yeah, it's no, not great. I, I but... had many coworkers who um they were just talking about Rex Manning Day this past week, and I was just yes. like, I've not seen this movie, but I already hate it because yep, <laughs> of the podcast you, I listen to. <laughs> you would not like it. Empire Records. You I've would not like anything. Empire Records. Yeah. yeah. That one I related to a little bit because, my again, my dream was working at a record store, and I did. See? And then, like I felt like, you know, like I was like in the club of like in knowing what it was like, and it, which it wasn't. Like working at CI Records wasn't like Empire Records at all, but, you know, you still like you feel represented in a way. Yeah. I also think it's a generational thing. Like you're a few years older than me, and some of the people at work who like this movie are maybe even a few years older than you guys. And it was kind of like a movie of the time in that kind of same way that like – a lot of the same people be like Kevin Smith, and it's like, all right, like uh, the other way. Yeah, I was told that he is the voice of their generation. I'm like, ooh, weird Oof. choice. Uh, <laughs> That's unfortunate. Drive yeah. that, drive that generation <laughs> off a cliff. It's, it's a sad thing, actually, is because like I, I really do want to like Kevin Smith because I'm from New Jersey, and like he's one of our like you know it's like Spring <laughs> Spring Scene and Bon Jovi and Kevin Smith are like and, you know the people we're really proud hey, of. Hey, hey, and Glenn Danzig, maybe. And oh God. So <laughs> Like love those movies and they quote the movies and I just see them. and I'm like, I think they're kind of gross, actually. Yeah, I, I did like dogma. I think dogma is fantastic. But yeah. But yeah. anyway, we, we digress a little bit. But uh, <laughs> I did. I did. I had a I wanted to go back to one second to you said was my favorite comedy. I'm not gonna say it's my favorite comedy, but a comedy that came out recently that I really, really liked. I'm just blanking on the name. Shay, help me out. What was when we watched that has that had um. Uh, Charlie's Throne, and she's the Secretary of State, and long shot. Yes, long shot. Thank you. I really like that movie. I thought it was I very, very, very movie. funny movie. Like I laughed the whole movie compared to this, where I was like, huh, 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 okay. <laughs> I'm glad he didn't sound like that when we watched it. <laughs> <laughs> but did you laugh together? Uh, there was times we laughed together, and there was times one of us laughed and one of us didn't. He mostly sure. just looked at me and made that sound. Yeah, <laughs> it was awkward. <laughs> Uh, it'd be be funny to like really digest that like try and write down like the jokes that Shay like the the jokes that Karen laughs at the jokes that Greg laughs at and the jokes that both of you laugh at and you could probably make some sort of like chart of what you find funny and your styles of humor you would want to make a chart about humor that's an that's an interesting topic you know like there are certain like greg and i watch a lot of really bad movies for this podcast <laughs> and even the worst like you know we just watched not, not to get too like meta but like we watched jury duty a couple weeks ago and it was a, that's a terrible movie like it is awful but there was one scene where i just started cracking up and i don't know it was because i wanted to laugh so badly you know like you see a comedy like you just feel nervous watching a comedy and not laughing so all of a sudden that scene became a lot funnier or no, if i just like generally like thought it was funny I it don't was know. a really good bit of 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 practical physical comedy of watching a bunch of bookcases fall on an old man <laughs> <laughs> i'm laughing just about it. <laughs> Which, speaking of, I, I had a. I said if anyone made a gif of that moment, I would give them five dollars, and nobody has yet. 
But so uh, come on, guys, get on it. Also, I want to watch some of these bad movies. Oof, it's okay. my favorite Oof. genre. I don't think I want to watch Jury Duty. That sounded Jury rough. Duty. There is, but I can't watch them alone. That's no, to our no. Don't watch point. Jury Duty. Please don't watch Jury Duty. <laughs> and definitely don't watch it alone. <laughs> you can watch don't the watch Rural it. Period. Jur. The Rural Some there are a lot of movies that are bad in an interesting way, or that are bad in a funny way. Jury Duty is neither one of those. Okay, fair so, enough. So, wait, can I nearly say that Let's Be Cops is better than Jury Duty? Um. <laughs> really? <laughs> really? <laughs> yes. Let's Be Cops is marginally better than Jury Duty in the, in the sense of if you were like, we have to have something on TV and it can be one of these two things, <laughs> uh, then I would go with Let's Be Cops. Well, and you'll probably be in luck because, again, they air Let's Be Cops on FXX because, like twice because a week. Because at, so. <laughs> at least Jay Johnson and Damon Wayans are like enjoyable to watch together, whereas Pauly Shore is insufferable. <laughs> <laughs> like he's actively grating when he's on screen. And plus, this movie has like five good Andy Garcia minutes in it. He's the big boss, the the, the crooked detective at the end. That's Andy Garcia. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. I actually like thought there could, there was going to be more to that but uh, oh you knew there had to be a, like the, the, of course there's a crooked cop that's going to show up yeah. and it's just a question of like is it going to be rob riggle or is it going to be somebody else and then when when i see andy garcia show up i'm like oh, oh he's going to be a crooked cop like there's no <laughs> way he's that just like oh that's just andy garcia and he's in this movie for 30 seconds to hand some photos to a nobody you know it's like oh no he, he's the you know we're yeah. going to see more of him and the only way that happens is if he's a crooked cop so that makes sense did uh okay so uh you guys always do your ratings. Yeah. How about you guys? I- I'd like to hear your ratings first because well, we'll I do Greg ins- last. I want to ensure that we all use, since you guys use two different scales, I want to ensure that Shane and I also use two different scales. Good. So Let's do four uh, different four ratings. Different. <laughs> <on this. laughs> it's like the, the Michael Scott reward award system at the beach episode where it's like he gave Pam like two thumbs up and Jim like three stars. <laughs> uh, so just so you know, Shay, that Greg uses a zero through three system. I think. Sounds uh, right. <laughs> I would like to use a guffaws per 30 minutes. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> I, I Karen, do an A through a, a, My mind, a, mine's very uh, academic. A, a through F scale. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to use, I'm going to use a thumbs up scale. <laughs> Great. Okay. So it's two options for you? Well, you can do like half. So three. You can't do a half a thumb. <laughs> you can do like a middle, like, you know, like. He's you, you w- could, I mean, waving you his bend finger sideways. Yeah, like a middle thumb. They can't see you. I know oh, they can't see me. You can't. That's nothing. A middle thumb is nothing. Like, you know, like you should go up or down and then it can go to the side. That's ah, a half Jesus. Thumb. How about this? Okay, how about this? You get two thumbs, that's right? Still a three and that's your scale, highest. But then you can Greg's. also use your pinkies. And two pinkies together equals one thumb. So <laughs> you could, it's like if you do like a Double thumb pinky. and a pinky, that's like one and a, one and a half. All right, fine. I'm going to make it a three thumbs. This is never going to okay. plug into Metacritic. I'm going to give this one one out of two thumbs. That's respectable. It's, it's fine. It's 50%. If it's on, I'd watch it. If I'm going to put on a comedy, there's a million dollars I put on before it. But it's not like so objectionable. There's some good parts about it. There's some funny bits. There's also a lot of bad bits. But luckily, I think like this movie is, as we just ripped it to shreds for like an hour, uh, structurally and like mechanically, it's pretty bad. But you don't have to, comedies don't have to bear that burden as heavily as like a drama or an action movie or something like that. So that is, that's important. That's an important point to make. And I'm glad you made it. Well, you can see past you know. it easier because you don't care as yeah. much to be frank. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Shay, how about you? I don't, I feel very uneasy about 
what rating system to use? <laughs> Whatever is just most naturally comfortable for you. Oh, we could do like star systems. Maybe like, like a 14 thumb. A 14 okay. thumb system. All right. <laughs> no, I mean, I would rate it lower than you did. Only in the sense of I would not watch it again. That's how I feel. How sure. about the beginning, though? You like the beginning. I, would, I did. I like the first half. I love the first half. Loved it. Wow, that's a well, that's a strong word. That is a strong word. But I remember like laughing a lot and saying mm-hmm. to you, like, "Wow, how could anyone hate this movie?" Mm-hmm. Oh, well. <laughs> and then the plot gets going. <laughs> Greg taught me many years ago to never ask that question of anything. What? How, how could anyone hate this? Is like in reference to you. <laughs> oh, I see. I'll find a way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Greg will always find a way. Hate, hate will something. find a way. <laughs> and I just can't get past how upset a baby about portraying yeah you you really like she was just like actually mad she's just like this movie was make cops furious i'm like i don't think they care that much but <laughs> i don't know i feel like i was thinking about like movies i've seen with teachers in them and how they just make it seem like oh look some idiot rolled out of some random mm-hmm. college program and they're just like an incredible teacher and it makes me very mad because when so you know, wait, wait, like, oh, so I just you think it's so hard. school of rock yeah i was just gonna say what did you think of <laughs> school of rock then i've that never is... seen that either oh my god yeah, I don't, I don't watch <laughs> I it then anything. stay away yeah. from that one <laughs> School of Rock. I, I love that is School exactly of Rock. that movie, and it's very fun and funny. But yes, no, like as a like you know in the educational field, if you feel that way about Let's Be Cops, you will be. <laughs> yeah, really. No, you're, it's a hill I'm what you die described on. is exactly no, no. What you described is better than School of Rock because you said at least they rolled out of a college program. In School of Rock, he's just a failed like rock musician. Yeah, he, he's and a then musician he with a, like, and then he's yeah. like saves the music program at this school. Ugh. He uh, he picks up his his roommate is who's like on the verge of kicking him out because he's like a just not paying his rent and just a terrible guy. Uh, he's a substitute teacher, and I guess that you know uh, Jack Black's character picks up the phone and pretends to be him because he needs money. And there's like a new teaching gig, so he has no experience. Yes, <laughs> and pretends to be his roommate and gets into uh, a bunch of shenanigans. But School of Rock is a much better movie than Let's Be Cops. It absolutely yes. is. But as I agree, a teacher, I, agree. I would say, stay away. You might not appreciate it. <laughs> it might frustrate you. It, maybe a bit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if you ever if you ever want to start a podcast for someone who's like never seen anything ever, uh, Shay's a great choice. <laughs> what I have, we talk about? I have two. Well, like, you know, like to, to introduce you to a movie you've never seen, like a classic. Oh, okay. The two good stories I always tell is one. This I made one a, isn't even true. This is true. I know the story you're going to tell, and <laughs> it's not totally even true. true. This uh, didn't even happen. It totally happened. No, it didn't. We were in college, and I made. I was making an analogy. I'm like, not knowing... I forget what the reference was, but like not knowing something is like not knowing that Darth Vader is Luke Skywalker's father. And she was like, wait, really? And I was like, oh, my God, I just spoiled it for the only person in the entire world who wasn't spoiled <laughs> by that. I knew that. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. <laughs> and then the second thing is Shay took a uh, had to take a film class in college. Oh, okay. And wow. it was great because she comes home from the first day and just slams down the syllabus on the table and it's a it was just a topics in film class but this topic was sci-fi movies it was terrible and it was just like the list of movies was awesome it was like you know the classics metropolis and you know like let's be first contact and all these different movies Eh, not first contact i'm really missing contact close encounters and like things like that all the way down to like back to the future the matrix robocop Terminator, Planet of the Apes, whatever. So she had to do a paper on Planet of the Apes, and she spoiled herself researching the paper before she watched the movie that it is Earth. And I was like, oh my god, like, you just don't, you've never seen these movies. By yeah, the you know, way, that actually, you would have figured that out if you watched The Simpsons, it, too. Exactly. Yeah. From well, thank the god episode, I didn't watch um, The Simpsons. 
the episode where Troy McClure marries Selma to restart his career and then appears in Planet of the Apes, the musical. Well, now I have a Simpsons spoiler. There's no point to watch some it. Fantastic. The Planet of the Apes musical is a fantastic bit. Anyway. <laughs> but yeah, so anyway, if you ever want to like get some classic movies where you think everyone in the world knows the spoiler in it, Shay probably doesn't. This actually might be a good quarantine activity. It could be. You know, but. I would also make an excellent co-host for that because there's a lot of movies I have not seen. <laughs> like, I feel like I've legitimately seen nothing. Maybe you guys can start a podcast. We're going to do all the combinations. You know, Karen and I are going to do Let's Be Cops podcast every week. Yes. And Oh, God, kill me. And <laughs> then, you, you know, you and Karen can do a podcast about watching movies classic movies you've never seen. I could get into it. Wait, I, we've learned something today that I need to watch movies in the morning. That's true. Shay's a, a sleeper. She likes to sleep during That's what films. happened in that film class. Oh, well, the film class was in the morning, so mm. never mind. She just Did you maybe sleep. fall asleep during the last part of Let's Be Cops? And then, you know, and then you woke up and you're like, wait, what happened? Oh, this movie sucks. <laughs> <laughs> no. No, I kid. No, no. But I would say um, I'm going to give this movie a B, which I know is, is going to be wow. very high. And I know, again, I'm the only person. <laughs> but I, I like it more than all of you. I'm fully aware <laughs> of that. But I do. Uh, there is just something I really like about the chemistry between two characters. And I would just like... I could watch just a whole movie of them bantering back and forth. And if they did that movie, it would probably be better than Let's Be Cops. <laughs> but just, there is something very electric on screen with Jake and Damon and any kind of project that they do, including like I, I didn't even really see that uh, as much of a chemistry in New Girl. And that could be, you know, because for a couple of years, it was just Jake and Max Greenfield and Lamore Morris. And they had kind of the chemistry. And then Coach came in later. So it's just nice knowing, I think, that like even though they might not have known each other as well as if like if Lamorne was in this instead of Damon or, you know, but uh, like they just have a same sense of humor and just the, the way they all got along was just very natural to me. And I love that part of it. So B. I wanted to love it, Karen. I really did. <laughs> you tried. I really, I thought it. I was going to. Going in. <laughs> and all right, Greg, it's your turn. And so it falls to me. Yes. <laughs> so I have... A, a zero to three scale. Three stars being an unqualified recommendation. Everyone should see this movie. Two stars being a qualified recommendation. Everyone should see this movie unless, like, for example, everyone should see The Last Jedi unless they haven't seen Star Wars movies before because you might not understand some stuff. One star being a movie that's pretty bad but might be interesting to certain people. If you really like weird sci-fi movies... You know, maybe go see Event Horizon, but otherwise, woo. And then zero stars being this movie is just a waste of time. There's not really anything in here for anyone. On that scale of three to zero, Let's Be Cops is a strong zero. Look, this movie wants to be about how two guys who have no direction in their lives find direction in a wacky caper where they find that the honor of being a police officer gives one confidence and the other structure and direction. That's what this movie wants to be. This movie absolutely fails at that, in part because the ending completely undercuts the character growth, and also just because the movie's so inconsistent, it can't consistently build up those characters to the point where we understand their arcs and see what the development is to get to that point where we see where they start and we see where they finish and we realize that it's through, you know, the reflected glory of being cops that they find themselves and they grow. That's what the movie wants to be. The movie 
absolutely drops the ball over and over again at delivering on those themes. And in fact, you could almost read this movie as the uniform of the police officer makes you a, turns you into a crazy person because it's only after they start dressing up as cops that they start like acting like lunatics because both of them start behaving at times really irresponsibly and dangerously. And then that's brought to the forefront when right at the, in the in the climax when Rob Riggle says to them, like, you know, that uniform means something and you have to earn it. And he explicitly says that there is something special about putting the uniform on. And then they go back to the weapons locker and put on like new police uniforms and get even more <laughs> copy and um and then when when ryan gets like a real police uniform he becomes even more psychotic so that subtext completely undercuts the rest of the <laughs> themes of the movie and uh it's a gigantic mess and i mean i wouldn't encourage anyone to like take time to watch this movie but you did laugh three times yeah, look, I sometimes I laugh at like a at a cake commercial, like it happens. Comedy's a thing. Or a bookshelf falling on an old man. Yeah, those bookshelves fell on that old man in jury duty in a really funny way. I need to watch that again. I just want to see that one scene now. It's it's, it's really good. good. It's really good. Oh, you know what scene I hated? Just sorry, I completely forgot to bring it up. I'm just ruining the flow of the episode here as we're wrapping up. But one more to add to the list of cringy, kind of questionable and problematic scenes was like the fight scene with the women. Ooh, yeah. That was bad. Oh, I think I blocked that out. Yeah. Yeah, that was really bad. (laughs) You actually assume that like once they got involved with that whole sorority thing, which is like a little gross, that they'd be like, oh, okay, yeah, we shouldn't do this this is dangerous also also just the fact that like they set that up as a sorority but the women inside were clearly in their 30s i was about to say that they were like 35 and there was a lot of weird racial stuff going on in there that the movie was very racist yeah it was uncomfortable and it was when they started reading the parts yeah the accents and it felt it feels like they're trying to do this thing where like one of the writers of the movie was told that okay they're, they're misunderstanding the idea of like well it's okay when they do it like because they only had people of color impersonating other people of right. color, which I do like three times in this movie, whether it's Key or uh, Damon. And it didn't land. And I think that some writer or some white guy was just like, well, it's OK because they're black, so they can make a funny Jamaican accent. It's like, yeah, but not it's not exactly what we're like, the, the idea of what people are trying to say when they talk about that sort of thing. Like, it's I it, definitely agree. Yeah. And, and you can see the differences like when. Key and Peele do that on their show, it lands because they know how to write yes. it well. Racists, uh, a racist joke that's written by a white person doesn't it doesn't become magically cleansed of its racism just because it's read by a person of color. Right, exactly. <laughs> that's that's the very concise way I was trying to say what I was trying to get at. But, all right, ooh, so yes, are, are we all are we all cleansed now of this? <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm going to have to have a couple drinks to forget about it. But OK, well, we have some beers in the fridge. Well, you know, pretty soon Greg and I are going to be watching a, a movie made by our, everyone's favorite New Jersey and Glenn Danzig. So yes. we might be watching another zero recommendation. Zero. Oh, boy. No, I, I, I strongly suspect that Glenn Danzig's horror anthology movie is going to get a one star because I bet you that is going to be bad in some interesting ways. Uh, is that a new movie or just one? Oh, that, yeah. No. Yeah. Glenn Danzig made a movie, Karen. Who is it? Yeah. I'm surprised it's, I didn't get it in my New Jersey newsletter. Shay you know? just, just asked big, who Glenn Danzig is, and my answer is going to be 
you can listen to the podcast episode we're going to put out about who Glenn Danzig is and why he made a weird fucking movie. And then we're going to watch I that won't movie. do that, who is he? <laughs> okay, Glenn Danzig, uh, Glenn Danzig was in a, a, a very influential punk band in the 70s called The Misfits. And then in the 80s oh, and 90s, yeah. he had a solo act, just Danzig, which was also very uh, pretty popular and, um, and influential. And he is a bit of a character in the punk and heavy metal world. There's a and, photo of him that keeps circulating of him just with groceries. Like, is that? Uh, yeah. Something? So that's the famous like Danzig meme of it's Glenn Danzig clearly walking to his car with just bags of groceries and kitty litter. Yes. And it's extra <laughs> funny because like Glenn Danzig is the kind of like heavy metal dude who do you guys know what the word kayfabe is? Mm-mm. No. Okay. So kayfabe in pro wrestling is how is like the idea of like Hulk Hogan's always in character like that breaking kayfabe would be like if Hulk Hogan appeared in public as just like Terry Hogan normal last dude you know what I mean <laughs> Glenn Danzig is one of these metal guys who never breaks kayfabe so he's at the like he's walking out of the groceries but he's like wearing like he's dressed in all black he's wearing a Danzig shirt <laughs> like he's got his like I don't think they're leather pants but they're almost and like his biker boots you know what I mean like Glenn Danzig when he goes to target is still in character as glenn danzig <laughs> and it's fantastic love it love it uh i also have one final thing we can end on so otherwise we're gonna keep oh she has a question sorry oh like for oh if you have a question to end the show with okay uh as we've ended we're pulling a return of the king ending this show <laughs> eight times yes um i did think of my favorite comedy it's the room <laughs> well done i think we can go out on that yes <laughs> All right. Thank you guys for listening. This is a lot of fun. And we will see you in the Wait. near feed. What? This is a crossover episode. It's going to be yeah. on both feeds. Oh, yeah, I know. So if you're a reality alternative listener and you want to hear me and Karen talk about movies from 1995, you can listen to our podcast, 1995 The Podcast. It's like this, but it's just us and it's it's movies from 1995. If you're a 1995 listener and like hearing me and Andrew talk about movies and other stuff that aren't from 1995, you can listen to our podcast, Reality Alternative. That's right. I just I think I imagine that people listen to them both. Look, I like I, to think that I like to think <laughs> that there are two groups of people who listen to the things I make and some of them don't know me IRL. I like to maintain that fiction. Thank you very much. OK, well, on that note, we will all see you in some form, whether it's Reality Alternative 1995 or the podcast that Shay and I are going to start about movies that we've never seen before. Who knows? <laughs> oh, Maybe. Right. Hope everyone has a great Easter, even though Easter will have passed by the time this is on the internet. And enjoy your quarantine, everyone. Stay safe. Bye. Bye. <laughs>